support. I really enjoy being on Hobby Hotline as a content creator, and I'm enjoying doing that with these other content creators. I think there's 20 or 21 of them assembled. We had a special Hobby Hotline, Hobby Palooza, Benchclear Media. I love it when people do collaborative stuff. I really enjoy being on other people's podcasts and having guests on mine. It's a lot of fun. These are outtakes from that hour. It's very lively. and encourage you to check in on Tuesday evening or Saturday morning. So here it is, and I hope you enjoy. You're saying prices are coming down, but there's two different markets, right? There's the, yeah. the primary and the secondary. So which one are you referring to? I assume the secondary, right? Yeah, that's a great buying opportunity. What about the primary market, though? I think prices are still up there, right, for unopened material being released on a yeah, hour. When I was in Dallas, the wax was actually cheaper than I expected to see it. I don't open a ton of wax anymore, but when you were there, you saw it too. I think wax, I'm not saying it's cheap or you're going to get steals and deals all the time. We were seeing wax on release go for four, five, six, maybe more times yeah. uh, SRP. I, I think those days right now, certain products might still fit that bill, but I don't think we're in the same thing. Victor says, if we get inundated, right, with like 1.5 times the products because these companies are catching up finally on their releases. I don't want to bring the economy into it, but see what's going on in the world, right? People have less discretionary income. you got more products now. People are going to make decisions. I'm going to buy this. We were at a point where every product that came was an instant winner. Like it, it was no no doubt. Everything was a home run, every swing. It I wasn't think- the product though. It was the appeal yeah. of something being released. It could have been anything. It could have been Barbie yeah, cards. True. Yeah. Ken has a great question here that I think encapsulates a lot of what we've been talking about is collecting cardboard still considered a hobby with all these big time companies now. I'm, I'm really anxious to hear what you guys have to say. I personally think it absolutely is. My collecting has always been the same. I collect what I love to collect. My collection's gotten 10 times bigger in the last five years, I think, than it ever has. I just think that now you say you see a lot of people also engaging in the business side of things as well. And I don't see a problem with that. I don't see any problem with the hobbyists also wanting to engage in the business side of things. It hasn't changed my love for the hobby, at least diminished it. If anything, it's made it greater. What you said, it all depends on how you collect it. If you collect it for the love of a team or a player, and that's what you go after, then yeah, that's still collecting now. If you're flipping or investing or buying to resell or trying to be in the business of it, you can be a collector, but it all depends on how you look at it. In 1987, I did my first show and I sold my <coughs> first card. So in 1987, I became a collector and a dealer. And I've stayed that way here up until 2022. I still do shows. I still keep cards that I don't sell. But I think most people, even if it's selling, guys, just to buy more stuff for your personal collection, right? Which in a sense, I do that too. There's so many more broad definitions of collectors or people in the hobby than there were when I started. There were two sides of the table when I started. There is no table. You look at a trade night, let's be real. They're setting up shop. They might not have a tax number. They're making deals. So what What started that? I reckon it was eBay 20 plus years ago that kind of helped that segue from black and white to gray for everybody, what they do in the hobby, because it was easy to sell. You didn't have to have the inventory to set up at a show or a shop. You could just sell. So I imagine eBay had a pretty big impact on what we do now, whether we want to admit it or not. Obviously, eBay gets a lot of flack. Yeah, but eBay understands it's a hobby and an industry. They're delighted to see their sales in this category grow, but it's the leadership of the big-time companies that need to understand that we need to straddle the fact that it is a hobby, but it is an industry. They're entitled to make good profits, 
But if they forget that at the roots, it's a hobby, then that's bad. And so these executives coming in from other uh, experiences without a lot of hobby background, I hope they can get up to speed on the fact that this is part hobby, part industry. Here's how I see it. Back in 2004, I was a collector slash dealer and I quit the hobby mainly because I felt like I was being priced out because I felt like the hobby was turning into a hobby for millionaires or for those with very deep pockets. That was frustrating to me and part of the reason why I left. But now I'm looking at it and trends have a way of repeating themselves. Card manufacturers, they're having to meet the needs of every type of collector. They're trying to create high-end product, but at the same time, they're trying to create product for the masses. And so I hate to put like a distinguishing line in it, but in reality, I think what they're trying to do is just try to balance in creating something for everybody. And the collector, I'm speaking for myself, the collector in me sometimes gets hung up on it. I want to get a piece of everything, but logically I can't afford to get a piece of everything. And I have to come to terms with that in my own hobby. The collector in me says that I need to find my lane and be content in my lane and not be downcast because I can't be in every lane. Yeah, but you don't have to be defined by your lane either. You can be whatever lane you want. There's seven days a week. You can be in seven different lanes if you want. And you can change. I've always said this, right? Hobby your way. You can change. I've heard people say, hey, I'm not doing grading no more. Who cares? It's not a contest unless you're on the PSA set registry. It's not a contest. It's Listen, I go backwards in my lane, Victor. I'm in reverse. (laughs) And I'm fine. Most when everyone else is zagging. most, Most traffic accidents occur when someone is changing lanes. Just saying. So be careful. Look both ways. There you go. Who really needs to have a good national company-wise, maybe they're having some bad PR, needs to really put on a good show at the national to get a bump? Is it the card manufacturers? Is it the grading companies? Who needs to go into the national and really win some people over, if you will, put the best foot forward? I'm probably not the best to answer this, but I would have to go with the company founded by one of the people on our screen right here, Beckett. I think they have a lot they need to do, especially with their new hire. I know from talking to fellow collectors who have asked, because anytime news like this breaks, I've had so many people ask me what's going on at Beckett, like I know, but they ask me what's going on at Beckett, what's this hire, how's this doing it? The amount of concern that I've heard from people would put them as probably one of my main companies that I would say, but I would also say car manufacturers in general need to show some innovation. I'm hoping to see a lot more innovation here at the national, but innovation in product or innovation in, in product, uh, yeah, in product. Okay. Not in execution or whatnot. Huh? Well, the grading card companies aren't hurting in the financial category, but I think there's some negative press still going on. A lot of eyes are going to be on them. You can spend an entire day looking at one table's dollar boxes. I mean, right. it, you, Absolutely. Yeah. There's probably just as many people attracted to the national that are trying to avoid slabs, right? Yes. Going there because there's a ton of slabs. I've always said with the national, it's the most people in the hobby in the same place at the same time. That goes for the cards too. The most amount of cards in one building, all different genre sports, non-sports, high-end, 10 cent cards, everything. Cards that need to be monitored by guys with weapons. Yeah. Uh, something for everyone. If you come to National 
and it didn't do it for you, I don't know what to tell you, honestly. Yeah, you so, can walk through a museum, and then you can sit down and go and rummage through a dollar box in the span of 20 minutes. Yeah, but that's a punishment to a person that wants to look for high-end cards. When you walk around the National, there's something for everybody, but every table isn't your cup of yeah. tea. And so no. there, there are people that if they see a dollar box table, they quickly move on. Now, if there's a $10 box or something, everybody has their threshold, and it might be not to exceed or not less than. If they want to see a showcase that has a sparse group of cards that are very high-end. And, Drew, maybe they want to spend the whole day there. I, I just think most people can't even – it just is upsetting to them to think that they would buy a 1,000 cards. They want to buy 10 cards, and oh, that's yeah. the way they hobby. It's like slot machines. There's 10-cent slots, 25 yeah. $5, $25. Yeah. So there's something for everybody. But there is but something for everybody. Yeah. And it's in multiples, yeah. though. It's not like a normal show where you might find a table or two tables that you want to live at. I've heard people call it the hobby – family reunion it's the week you schedule every year right it's around the same time you schedule it you tell your employer hey i'm not going to be in this week this is one of my vacation weeks and you just make plans to go and see everybody and talk and enjoy people's company and conversation we love the cards right it's the people behind the cards that are important as well to go hunting uh, together you get a partner let's go find a card that card yeah, i'm looking for yeah four eyes yeah, sure. are better than two right in answering your question john which was what needs a boost at the national, yeah. I'm hoping to see a boost in the market. I know I'm a content creator, but I consume probably an unhealthy amount of content. But the consumer confidence, per se, is yeah. trending downward. That brings about a lot of speculation and negativity. I remember the excitement last year in Chicago and the market and people doing videos showing a massive amount of people. And it seemed like everybody was just so excited. And I'm hoping yeah. to see the same this year. As content creators, I think it's up to us to show that even in the downturns, the positive sides of things. I consume a ton of hobby content. There's way too much just doom and gloom, ridiculous speculation out there that really doesn't need to be out there. I think content creators have a lot to do with that as well. Definitely need to be showing some of the positive sides of the hobby because there's plenty of them. And I think we're looking at what cards are selling for today. But I think logically, when you think about it, we've been locked up for two years. Yeah. It's summer. Not the first time for me, dude. And summertime, <laughs> we're out doing the things we haven't had a chance to do. Yeah, that's going to affect the market. But I don't think the sky is falling. It's the greatest hobby in the world. It still is. We can talk about some of the negative things that still retains the title, but we still have to talk about some of the warts and ills that happen to any industry or hobby. Yeah. So and we're not and we're, just... We're looking at hobby trends pre-2020. Basketball always trends downward in the summer. Sports yeah. go up and down depending on the season. Sure. That's nothing new. Basically, my goal when I was in charge is not to make a lot of waves, not to have these big announcements, just keep doing a good job. But I think the pandemic has treated different companies differently. And I agree. I think my Beckett Media friends need to step up and demonstrate some market leadership. I do have some concern. They're also moving at the same time to new corporate yeah. offices. So I think they're going to have their hands full. The new CEO, I'm optimistic that he's going to bring new energy and his core competencies to a company that has a lot of potential to resume, hopefully, uh, what I always thought was our rightful place yeah. to be a not just a thought leader, but a, a doing leader and to do good things to help make the pie bigger. But again, the biggest company in the industry now is Fanatics. Yes, they absolutely. are huge, 
and they need to be this benevolent giant of a company that comes in and really improves the space and takes it to the next level without overproduction. But hopefully they're going to have a real bent toward quality and toward the image of our industry. That's what I'm looking for at the National. That fanatics ought to get a lot of the headlines because they're the biggest gorilla in the room. The man-